Take care of your body. It'll take a beating for you, but you can definitely beat it down for too long. There's things that you can do to strengthen your body. There's things that will beat you down, but you will be stronger for it. But there are things that you will beat you down and you will be weaker for it. Particularly nutrition, what you put into your body, alcohol, obviously plenty of other bad drugs but there's plenty of good stuff you can put in your body too perhaps like everything else it's something you have to sometimes you gotta learn it the hard way push the limits until you know for yourself that that's there's the line don't cross it You know, there's definitely a mentality that I have that I know there's plenty of other people out there like me that have to push things to the limit. Because that feeling of not knowing where the boundary lies, you know, There's just something, I can't leave it alone. I want to know where it lies. And particularly, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about, I don't need to go skydiving to know a physical limit or, you know, I'm not talking about being in extreme sports or something like that. I'm talking about the body in a physiological way which those obviously have that, but I mean, nutrition, what does the body really need? What does it want? There's a lot of different theories out there. Some are just batshit crazy. Some appear to be batshit crazy to most, but time will tell, I think over the next 20 years I mean without a doubt 20 years from now we will have the answers to what the body truly needs and what is good for it and what it really what is bad for it what you don't want to be putting in your body Um, we're coming out of the age of where corporations and institutions have control over media and and the control of the information that's that's ending because the internet has flung it wide open and now all everybody can put their ideas out there particularly scientists can obviously publish their findings and um, the truth will rise to the top 
It's tricky though, being a guinea pig, you know, you can definitely uh, do things to your body that plenty of people deal with it probably, things that are irreversible. Some people take it so far, you know, they literally kill themselves. They work in failure, a disease that has no cure. That's, that's, the, that's the tricky part of experimenting and trying to figure out, you know, where the line is, because sometimes you won't realize you crossed the line, I guess, until it's too late. That's why I creeping slowly is have patience in life. When you're testing the waters, when you're testing stuff out, if you have the time and the means to go at a safe pace, I guess you'd call it, then do that probably so practical you know it's just <clears throat> try to think ahead before you do things I think you know for most of us the things we do in our 20s and our obviously our adolescence you know most things you do the foods you eat sure you can booze it up a bunch most of that you know you'll it's your body is able to take it you know but at a certain point it starts telling you no uh, now some bodies really speak up or in another way of thinking about it some people are able to listen to their bodies whereas other people don't listen to their bodies and um, eventually their body will ma make it known and make you suffer the consequences. It's, it's just, it's pretty fucking amazing what we have in Western medicine. Obviously the paradigm or the strategy of Western medicine has been kind of fucked up for a while, which is, you know, they are there to treat disease and not necessarily prevent it. I'm sure every doctor would like to prevent as much disease, but they're too busy healing the sick people um, that none of their time really goes towards prevention. And a lot of the uh, theories on, you know, nutrition and and just in general, understanding truly what the human body is and what it needs have been, um, there's been a lot of incorrect theories over the years. And some of them have stuck with the mainstream for a long time and it's causing a lot of issues for everybody because it's wrong. I'm obviously speaking of the the two big paradigms in, in nutrition and health is 
all calories are equal, which that's not true. And saturated fat causes heart disease, you know, aka cholesterol, high cholesterol. And that's not true either. In fact, it couldn't be more untrue. It's the exact opposite. A lot of kind of uh, theories, and this this isn't really, uh, you know, this is pretty obvious now at this point that, you know, back in the middle of this past century, it was basically the big time monocrop, you know, food industries, food companies that wanted to sell their cheap uh, grain and, you know, just absolute bullshit products that are, you know, sugar. Basically, the sugar industry was the leading, uh, leading proponent of this, probably. But, um, you know, they basically manipulated the uh, market through advertising and a lot of corruption as far as in the agriculture sector. They bought out as much as they could and tried to control everything as much as they could. Why? Because they want to sell their products. It's all about making money. They could care less if it's killing you or not. that shouldn't even matter because if society was made of an informed collective of individuals that are freely thinking and critically critically thinking then it doesn't matter what kind of manipulation tactics people use because someone who is intelligent enough to think for themselves can see through that bullshit in most cases um so this is coming to an end. The power of the individual is finally here, broadly speaking. And every day people become more and more empowered as individuals. Oh, excuse me. You know... I don't want to be overly skeptical. I don't want to be a um, paranoid person or uh, really delve too much into conspiracy theories. Like, this isn't a conspiracy. I mean, just look at the advertising that Coca-Cola has done throughout their career. And it's just incredible because it's addictive. Sugar, caffeine, highly highly addictive and science is showing that you know too much uh, sugar is not good for you I mean most things are like that but sugar it's something you don't need at all and uh, it's highly addictive so you know I don't care I enjoy a treat from time to time now but lately not really but I'm sure I mean 
I just listened in my body. If I eat a piece of cake and I feel like shit, I know it tasted good, but do you feel like shit? It's probably not good for you. And yeah, there's a balance, I mean, but if feeling like crap is worth it to you, just like alcohol, to have that fun, I mean, alcohol is a tough one because the, the, you know, especially in social situations when everyone's drinking, it really helps everybody take their guard down and, and, and have a little courage to be themselves and uh, man, it just makes for great times. Some of the best times I've ever had uh, hanging out with friends and whatnot. It's it's just it's the it's it's great for that. But obviously, you can overdo it in a in a sitting, and the next day you're gonna pay for it. I mean, it's alcohol, particularly is you know you are borrowing energy and time from the future because you will have to pay it back or in fact you could just say it's you're using up credits before you even have them and there's no getting them back you know i'm sure there's people out there with some super good hangover cures but uh you know it's obvious it, it you know if you're legitimately hungover and you drink enough the night before it you're not your best self no matter what you do and that's pretty long term with alcohol it always I always noticed about three days after the last time I drank if I partied hard for a weekend or whatever Monday always sucks Tuesday a little bit better, basically back to normal, but not completely. But Wednesday, always have this, you shit the booze out. I swear, it's the third day where you just have this poop. And after that, you feel, you went from like 80% feeling okay to about 95. And then the rest of that last 5% is a slow creep though. It takes, I think, I'm sure the science is out there how long it actually takes to remove and filter all the alcohol, the traces of it out. And depending on how sensitive you are and I'm sure the type of nervous system, the, your genes and things, it, it's going to affect you differently. And for me, I'd say it probably takes like two weeks, give or take, to where I actually feel like this, that last 5% is fully regenerated. And I feel like, you know, assuming everything else is good, my diet and all that stuff, everything else is good, then, uh, then I'm back. I'm at the best I can possibly be at that point, you know? Um, so, you know, again, you, some people, maybe it's just a, individual trait that some people man have got to learn it the hard way in order to truly learn it and actually live it you know after that um, some some people I guess are it's good enough to go off of recommendation or even even like 
blatant science, you know. Um, but obviously, drug use and alcohol are intimately tied with your psychology and your past trauma or current trauma, really. I mean, it's with you the whole time. Um, that's why I drank. Um, it numbed me, obviously, to all my insecurities about the past and the future. It allowed me to just be in the moment. I will say I used it, you know, as constructively as I could. It helped with my focus. My, I have a very overly analytical mind, and I have much greater control over it now than I did, but I used to just have a mind that could never, it would never shut up. Now, I wasn't necessarily a person that, like, it had to voice itself externally, but internally, just give me one thing, and then I start thinking about 20 things, and then that turns into just a whole complexity of uh, thought processes that you know, jumping from one to the other and, and all over the place. And um, I guess that's a trait of openness and creativity. But um, particularly you mix that with, I guess, being prone to negative emotions and, and just highly sensitive in general. Um, then you can really get into some nasty feedback cycles. And you're always going to be, you're never going to act on anything because you're always going to second guess yourself and keep thinking, overthinking everything instead of just going with it, you know? So alcohol definitely helped me learn that that's what I would have to do on my own eventually. You know, it is a crutch. It's a, it's a shitty fucking crutch. But you can use it constructively. Unfortunately, it is toxic to the body, no matter what you think. And, you know, it's not good for your body. Um, I totally understand and can appreciate, you know, using a small amounts as a sacrament. Um, but obviously, alcoholism and using it in, in large amounts is just not good for you. Um, physically, for sure. Mentally, like I say, it's uh, depends person to person. It can definitely help you get to a better place if you use it with intention. Um, it always helps me kind of, again, focus on the moment that I was in, calm my mind enough so I can get a steady thought stream you know it helps me get into flow that's literally what it does um, but now I've learned that you know I've just taken control of my mind um, to a great extent and so that is more of a rare occasion when I get caught in some kind of uh, anxious uh, stress induced you know feedback loop of my mind just thinking about negative things I've recognized that now and I'm you know able to um, stop it if it starts and gen generally now it's it's kind of like I just I've learned to rid myself of anxiety no matter what 
now. I was having an ultrasound today of my abdomen and the technician kind of says, like, it's just where you're having pain when she was on my spleen. And I assume she said that because she noticed something. I don't know what it is yet. I'm going to see the doctor tomorrow. But I did start kind of, you know, the anxiety kind of set in a little bit. I was like, oh, no, I wonder, I hope this isn't something bad or whatever. And, uh, but lying there, you know, I went to my ultimatum. I, if I start feeling anxiety, which is ultimately about death, really, I mean, pain too, but it's always like being afraid of dying, whether you're afraid because it's the unknown and all that. But then I just reminded myself, you know the truth. You know that everything beyond the veil, if there is anything, I will guarantee you 100% that it is the most pure ecstasy, absolute bliss, the most just beautiful, I mean, beauties, I mean, it will be good. It will not be bad. It will not be pain. No more pain. You know, if you die, that's because you're not going to suffer anymore in any sense of the word. But like, you know, I don't really believe in that. I don't see a reason to bet on that necessarily. But if there is, I guarantee you that it's because that's the nature of the universe. That's the divinity within everything. And when you die, that's where you go. You rejoin with the force. And, you know, and even if, even if it's not that way, it's still the idea of transcending and knowing that ultimately you are the whole universe. You're it. You are pure love at the core of you. And so there's no reason to be afraid. If death were to come too soon in your mind, like everything else, just smile back at it and embrace it with love. And, you know, I'm saying if you're at a point when you literally have nothing you can do about it, you know, if it's a health issue or whatever it may be, um, health or, or mortal or physical, you know, you get hit by a bus and you, you can't, you know, when you're past the point of no return, you know, then it's time to embrace and be, see the beauty in it. So, and you know, that's kind of how you get rid of anxiety. That's how you get rid of your fear is you transcend it. You detach and you stand up instead of being, you know, on your knees, which is what fear does. Get off your knees, stand up, look down on it and say, hey, little buddy, you go, go somewhere else. You're good, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not here for you. I don't need you in my life. And nobody else does either. Maybe for a little while. You know, again, this is kind of the dichotomy. We're at a place in time where 
we obviously have all of hit, this known modern history and it's uh, it's a plethora of information and people's experiences I mean basically it's a story of failure and mistakes with some success but mostly failure and we are so fortunate to have be alive at this point because the people of the past have paid for their mistakes greatly where these days we are we have the wisdom we have the knowledge and the intelligence that was gained from all those past mistakes and we don't have to make those mistakes but there is a balance to self-revelation, truly experiencing something so you can fully understand it. And But sometimes, you know, it depends. But sometimes I'll be fine with just extracting the implications, at least for the time being, um, off of other people's experiences. I think that's how we get smarter in general as a species is, you know, one generation figures things out. They make a bunch of mistakes. They figure out at least what not to do in certain aspects. And so the next generation can at least know, well, shouldn't do it that way because that will kill you <laughs> or that will do this, you know, and so for the most part, we'll move past that. And now we're building on top of that, you know, and it's, it's generation building on generation. Um, it's kind of like the past generations had the history books and the books, you know, that were written at the time. And so that's what they learned from. And now those people who read all the literature of the people before them, they write their own books based on what they learned of all that. They compile it all and pull the implications, what you really need to know. They pull the wisdom out and they, you know, give that out for us to learn from. And so it's like they were learning. We're able to meta-learn because we're going to be combining all these it's it's a meta examination of uh, of life and uh, so we will be reaching new peaks um, that no one has before but that's the nature of the you know of nature this is the process complexify and complexify but then it slows complexification in order to start refining what it has complexified. And then once it refines it a bit or a lot, it complexifies from that now. You know, and this is this is the general process of the universe. So we are in just an unbelievably good place. It's just you ever ask yourself that? I mean, you ask you, the person that you truly are, that 
I'm not saying like you don't don't have to apply the name and the body and all the things you know but the thing that is you the true self do you ever ask I mean you know the soul if you want to call it why why were you born where you were in the right when you were you know you could have been any time, any place. This life, you know, theoretically could be any life. Could be doing any thousands of different options, millions, trillions, infinite options. But why are you right where you are? Your life has led you to this moment. You are where you are. Is it all chance? Hmm. Well, I'd say that's the most ridiculous explanation one could have. It's all random. I'm just here. There's no meaning behind it. There's no specific intimacy to me and the universe. You know, that's what... I feel like so many people, their relationship with the world and what I would call life, including themselves and their identity, it's very, um, it's, it's, it's not intimate, you know? They feel small and the world is big or if you're completely delusional and and in your ego entirely, then the world feels small and you're big. But when you realize that if you can feel that way, both of them feel big and small and the world can feel big and small, you just have to, it's a matter of how you change your perception consciously, how you will you know, you're, the way you want to look at something. Because um, the world is what it is. It's just you're looking at it the way you're looking at it. There is truth. There is absolute truth. There's a lot of theories, or I know there's a philosophy that kind of is being a humble philosophy that, you know, Ultimately, there is no real, like, truth. It's just, you know, but I guess you would call it. Um, well, you have, obviously, oh, I don't know. It's just the, there, there is a truth that we can know. Because we, you know, it's as simple as this. You are the truth. Everything you're looking for, you already have. Ultimately. But it's a dichotomy. Everything's dichotomy, though. The only thing that is... Well, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, everything's dichotomy. But... There's a dichotomy in 
dichotomy, you know? So there is always, there is an exception. There is an anomaly, you know, for all the experiences and, and phenomenon that appear to be totally random and they have no direct, it's hard to find a direct meaning or purpose behind it. There is a exception to that, but it will be the rarest thing that ever happens and, but it will be undeniable in what it is, the truth. How do you think the universe will reveal its true nature? Obviously, this I know exactly how. Through a human being. That's it. You know, it's uh, it'll be a single individual that it's called genius, and genius is the rarest, you know, form of consciousness that ever occurs there's variations of it there's things that come close but um, true genius is uh, in its absolute greatest form is something that I'd say has only walked this earth and I'll include you know all the kind of more unknown esoteric history of the earth and the human you know, origin and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'd say I'll I'll be mod or I'll be uh, I'll be generous here and say true genius in its greatest form so far has only walked this earth maybe ten times. I'll give it a dozen. You know. Um, there's plenty of people that it maybe come close, but I'm talking about their true, true genius. Now, of course, you want me to name some names. Uh, that should be pretty obvious. Jesus, Buddha, Timothy Leary, Alan Watts, Terrence McKenna, for sure. You know, among some others. That's why, you know, I said dozen, because I don't know everybody. There's probably some super, super smart people. But, you know, it's not just what someone says or does that makes them true genius. It's also to be this level of genius is half what they do and half what the universe does, which is the time and place in which they were born and and lived and and how they died you know their life it's a total package you know there's plenty of smart people that have you would call genius IQs but do I consider them a genius totally in that in that greatness no not, not like those guys but you know that's subjective for the most part that's my opinion on some who are the greatest, smartest geniuses have ever lived. Um, so it's it's tricky. But anyways, 
push those boundaries, but be careful, be smart, be intelligent about it. You don't want to go too far, but somebody's got to. That's how we learn. Somebody's got to do it. Every now and again, they got to go into the passed out the safe zone and they've got to figure out, you know, this is how we learn and grow. So the more you do that for yourself, the more you're going to learn and grow. So that is all. I will speak with you again, probably tomorrow.